Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together and to hear your word. Lord, I ask that you bless this time that we have so that we may have our eyes opened and come to understand your word further and that we may grow together as the body and not only the body, but those of the body who will be called out of the body so that we can stand with you on that day and hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. We give all the praise, glory, and honor to you, Almighty Father, and to your Christ Jesus, and we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you've given us while we are here running our race of faith. We pray all of this, and we thank you and give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So, This was a very interesting uh, collaboration. How it started out is not how it ended up becoming. I originally was looking in the same area to start in the Old Testament and look at see Christ in there. But the way I originally started, I was uh, shown that I was being, I was looking at things from a Jewish perspective or a Christian perspective only and not just seeing Christ in the gospel, or in the Old Testament. And so John suggested, uh, as we were discussing this, uh, looking into Luke 24. And so that's where we'll begin today. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened in Jerusalem these past days, in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, Things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they saw visions of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded them to, him, to them in the scriptures all the things concerning himself. We see in our opening scripture the Lord Jesus meeting two disciples as they made a journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus after discovering the empty tomb of our Lord. The disciples are grieving after the crucifixion of the one who was the Christ. They are disheartened as they believed the Lord Jesus had come at that time to restore the nation, the nation being Israel. The Lord Jesus, meeting them on the road, opens the scriptures to them, beginning with Moses and the prophets, so they may understand the whole plan and purpose of God. Let us then start in the beginning with Moses and study the mystery revealed on the road to Emmaus. Moses wrote about the Lord, his life and work, that which had been completed and that which is yet to come. The writings of Moses encompass the first five books of what we refer to as the Old Testament. From the very beginning of Moses' work, we see the Lord Jesus Christ. 
starting in Genesis 1.1, in beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. First, let us examine how we see the Lord Jesus in the scripture. The word God used here is the word Elohim, meaning more than one. The Lord Jesus, as part of the Trinity, must be present during the creation of the heavens and the earth. Also, through scripture interpreting scripture, we're able to know from the Gospel of John, beginning in verse 1, chapter 1, in beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The opening of the Gospel of John makes known to us that Jesus the Christ is the Word of God, and through him all things were made. Therefore, we see in the very opening verse of Genesis, Jesus, the Word of God, created the heavens and the earth. The Apostle Paul also had this to say in First Colossians, or in Colossians chapter 1, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Having established the Lord Jesus as creator of all things, let's then turn our attention to verse 2. Verse 2 in Genesis reads, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In order to fully understand the importance of this scripture and how it relates to Christ, we must check the translation of several words. Was and without form. The word was in this context would imply the Lord created a mass of unfinished material and then formed it into creation. The words without form could be described as, could be seen as describing the unlivable state of creation prior to the Lord forming it. The word translated was in this verse is the Hebrew word, and forgive my pronunciation, hayah, meaning to become, come to pass, was. The way in which we are know how, to know how the word is appropriately translated is through context. So this word can be used past tense, future tense, present tense, and context will reveal to us its meaning. In order to determine the context, we must consider the words without form. The words translated without form is the Hebrew word tohu, meaning emptiness, confusion, or empty space. As none of us are well-versed in Hebrew to the best of my knowledge, we were able to determine the correct translations by comparing scripture with scripture. In Isaiah 45, beginning at verse 18, we see, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. The word translated vain is the same as the words translated without form in Genesis 1-2, tohu. The scripture clearly says then that God did not create the world without form. Therefore, something occurred causing it to become formless. It was created to be habitable. 
In light of this, the word hayah in Genesis 1 should contextually be translated as became. Became denotes a period of time between verse 1 and 2 and indicates something occurred to make the earth reach the state of being formless and void. This implies judgment of some sort. From previous study, we know how the earth came to be in this state. The rebellion of the one we call Satan introduced sin into the world, and the Lord, who cannot abide sin, reduced the kingdom of Satan to utter chaos. As we see in Ezekiel 28, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You are on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. And in Isaiah 14, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit in the mount of congregation on the farthest sides of the north. Going back to our verses in Genesis then, we see the earth and the heavens were created. An unspecified period of time passed. Satan rebelled against God, resulting in Satan's kingdom being engulfed in darkness, a place of death. This makes what comes next in Genesis not an act of creation, rather one of restoration or redemption. The days of restoration as written in Genesis are then a picture or type of things to come and the process of our own salvation. Through these verses, we see the incredible redemptive plan and purpose of the Lord, including the redemption of both man and the material creation. Let us back up from the days in Genesis a moment and recognize that the beginning of this redemptive plan began with Jesus as the land slain from the foundation of the world. The redemption of the world in an overall sense, in a more specific sense, meaning Israel, the church, etc., material creation, could only be accomplished by divine acts and with the blood of God himself. This is made plain to us as we look in Revelation chapter 5, starting in verse 1. And I saw the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much, because no, there was no one found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders, and remember in this case, elders is an angel, said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. If the Lord is willing, we will delve into these verses from Revelation more at a later date. The important thing here to note for our purposes is Jesus the Christ is the beginning and the end of all the redemptive work of God. With this in mind, we can now continue on to day one in Genesis. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. The Lord Jesus in dividing the light from the darkness is an example or a type of what occurs when an individual from Adam onwards believes on the Lord Jesus Christ and receives spiritual life. This is the free gift which God has given as a result of Christ's finished work on the cross, salvation by grace through faith. 
And we see further in Ephesians chapter 2, even when we were dead in trespasses, we were made alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Day one in Genesis provides a foundational type for the passing from death into life. It is the Lord sovereignly speaking into that which is only darkness and having light shine in its place. This is salvation by grace through faith. The light being divided from the darkness gives the new believers a spiritual light, and the following days of work then go beyond the salvation of our spirit to a salvation yet future, the salvation of our soul. This becomes more readily apparent as we can continue onwards to day two and three, examining the work of the Lord and of his Christ. Continuing in Genesis then, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Having received the redeemed spirit as seen in the type from day one, day two provides the ability to discern the wisdom from above and the wisdom from below. In short, having a redeemed spirit allows all who are eternally saved to recognize the division between things heavenly and earthly things. In Romans 12, we see, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Receiving the wisdom from above places us in a position to be fruitful in the power of resurrection. The word in the verse prove in the Greek word is the word dokimasu. Again, I apologize for my pronunciations which means to recognize as genuine after examination or to deem worthy. So in us proving here, we are recognizing the will of God and its perfection after we have examined it. What is good and acceptable and perfect will of God as we will see on day three. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear and it was so. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that both yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. The scriptures use water continuously as a type to illustrate the place of death, the Gentile nations in relation to Israel, and emergence from the place of death. The first feast of Passover saw the Jewish people die a substitutionary death via the lamb slain. Israel was subsequently buried in the Red Sea, the place of death. And we see this in Exodus 14. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. 
So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. This dry land appearing from the waters of the Red Sea, as in day three of Genesis, gives us a type of that which, is, that which comes from the place of death and is then able to produce fruit. Israel coming out of the Red Sea and the symbol of baptism are the clearest types that we can draw from this in day three of Genesis. Continuing in Exodus 14, but the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right and, on, and to their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt, so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. The entire nation then of Israel passing through the Red Sea, the point of it was to lead to rulership and a theocracy, another part of the same picture given with the fruitfulness in day three. For the Christian, the ordinance of baptism is yet another part of the picture from day three. As we see in Romans 6, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. The newness of life is the race of the faith, the child training we are, under, we are to undergo in order to, as Peter put in his first epistle, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. In keeping with his resurrection, we are brought forth from that place of death as seen in the scriptures from Genesis, Exodus, Romans, and 1 Peter, and raised to newness of life with him, Christ. We as Christians then have the choice to receive the child training of the Lord to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, and to go on to that so great salvation, leading to rulership within the theocracy on the seventh day. This so great salvation, as all the Lord's work, has a purpose. Indeed, it is the very purpose for which man was created. Before we get to that, though, let us back up and continue on in Genesis. Continuing in verse 14, chapter 1. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven, divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Day four provides the foundational picture of rulership, both in connection with the day and the night. A recognition may now be made between Satan's kingdom associated with darkness and the night and the coming of Christ's kingdom associated with the day. Indeed, if we seek first the kingdom of God, Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And just as a side note, that salvation is the salvation of the soul. 
For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that wherever we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. In the restoration account in Genesis, we come to understand this is not an arbitrary documentation of the Lord's work or just an example of his power. In fact, we see the whole purpose for the Lord Jesus' work both on the earth and in the heavens. It is a picture of the work that has been done and is being done in each one of us. We see that the light must shine out of darkness and give us spiritual life. Having received this life, our old man, the man of the flesh, must be put to death, and our new man must be brought forth from above into newness of life. We must keep our minds on heavenly things and realize our life is now in the Lord Jesus, hidden with Christ in God. There is, of course, more to this, as there are a few days left in the Genesis account. Continuing on then in chapter 1, verse 20, Then God said, Let the waters abound with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the water was abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Day five in Genesis shows abundance and fruitfulness, and we may see this in relation to the word of the kingdom. The Lord Jesus said he would send the Holy Spirit to guide us into all spiritual truth. We are able to metaphorically soar to great spiritual heights and, great, and plumb great spiritual depths through the continued revelation of the Spirit. It's a question posited in Job chapter 11. Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? And the answer to this question is a resounding yes. As we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The work of the Lord, then, as seen through the types in Genesis, are now becoming clearer. There is to be light from the darkness, waking us to spiritual life. We are to crucify our old man with Christ Jesus and partake in his resurrection and his life. This is to be done by keeping our minds on things from above, not on fleshly things. This must be done, as we know from our studies, in faithful obedience. We are to bear fruit through, our, through this, our work of faith. To do so, we must not be conformed to this world, but rather transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This must have a purpose and an end goal, if you will. Day six of Genesis sheds the light on this goal. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 
Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. The Lord created man in his image and likeness, male and female, for one purpose, to have dominion, to rule. The days we have seen in Genesis lead us through the redemptive process while at the same time revealing to us the reason for our creation and redemption. The Apostle Paul, speaking of that which is in view if we commit to the child training, the redemptive process, reveals in Ephesians chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the, glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Let us keep in mind from our verse that in scripture, sonship is synonymous with rulership. Only firstborn sons may rule and reign with the Lord Jesus in his coming day. If we have faith to the saving of our soul and follow the process we have seen in days one through six, we will, recognize, we will be recognized as firstborn sons and therefore be worthy to be in a position of rulership leading to that which God has set apart and hallowed, the Lord's day, the day of rest, the seventh day, the millennial kingdom. We will study the Lord's day, the seventh day, and the purpose for it, and the types the next time I am up here. Only, of course, if the Lord is willing, we remain and someone has generously prayed for us. So... Lord, we thank you for this day and this opportunity to be with you, to hear your word, and to study your purpose for us, the purpose you have revealed so eloquently and so beautifully in your scripture. I pray that every single one of us here in this room, every single one watching, and everyone who is able around the world who hears the word of the kingdom, lets it be fruitful in their life so that we may all attain that goal, the salvation of our soul and be able to rule and reign with you as your bride, the church, and as your firstborn son in that day, in the seventh day. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity that you've given us to hear your word and to allow it to act in our lives and live in faithful obedience to your word. We praise you, we bless you, and we glorify you in your son Jesus' holy name. We pray this. Amen. <clears throat>